Proverbs chapter number four this morning, please. Proverbs chapter number four. I do ask that uh, in all seriousness and laying all jokes aside, I, I do appreciate you singing out there this morning and trying to help us work on a few new songs, but now it's preaching time, and uh, I do ask for your prayers, covet your prayers. Uh, didn't sleep real well last night, tossed and turned most of the night, and I finally just said fooey on it, got up this morning, and took a shower and tried to get Woken up, waking up there and pray a little bit and ask the Lord to clarify some things and i uh, very sure this is what the Lord would have us to do uh, this morning, but do desire your prayers, okay? I want to say this before I get started, <clears throat> never has it been my heart uh, to be mean, nor is it in my heart uh, to, to uh, try to, to come forth as angry. I'm not angry and uh, it's not my endeavor this morning to try to be mean. It's my heart to help you and uh, to help my family and to help myself. And the Word of God will do that. And we need the Lord to touch us and help us this morning for sure. Uh, but it's also not my endeavor to be spineless or yellow. So I'm going to do my best to preach this morning without fear or favor. And if it gets a little staunch, uh, just pray for me, okay? And pray for us as a church. The Lord would give us what we stand in need of. This morning, stand with us again, real quickly, for the reading and reverence of the Word of God, Proverbs chapter number four. Going to start in verse one and just read, I guess, till the Lord stops us. Okay, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter number four, verse number one. The Bible says, "Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine; forsake ye not my law." For I was my father's son, tender and, <clears throat> tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee, and shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. And pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some or some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the justice is as a shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness, they know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, 
Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Now I want you to take notice of that right there. Let them not depart from thine eyes. That'll be important in a minute. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward, a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, help us now, we pray. We need to touch from on high. Pray, God, you'd guard our lips of clay. Oh, Lord, we need you desperately this morning. Help us to preach, I do ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, I want you to take notice here in this chapter that Solomon has pinned down. It says, Hear ye children the, instructions of a, the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. You do not need me to remind you this morning that Solomon was wise. He was a man full of wisdom given that uh, by God, okay? It's to the point that there was none wiser than that of Solomon. And so this wise man has instructed in, in Proverbs 4, ye children, the inst- uh, hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. So first and foremost, right out of the starting gate this morning, we understand that something is being said in the word of God to children. And uh, this morning, I'm not going to spend the majority of my time dealing with children this morning, but the Bible does teach us that children ought to obey your parents, for this is right in the Lord. And when you obey your mama and your daddy, you are doing it understanding that you're giving yourself an account to that of God. Not just to obey mama and daddy because that's what mama and daddy make you do, but because you honor your mother and your father and you obey them because it is right in the Lord. And we teach children not only to obey and to have respect because that is what mama and daddy requires out of them, but understanding we upset God when we as children disobey and dishonor what our parents have told us, okay? And so here you children, the instruction of a father. I want to say this, fathers ought to have some instruction. Fathers ought to have something to say to their children and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. How do we have good doctrine? How do we know what to teach our children? We understand the Bible, the word of God is what instructs our life. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, right? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness. Have you ever stopped to think about how much correction a child will need in its lifetime or in its childhood? Children, let me do say this this morning, need correction. The Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You can mark her down, write it down. There might have been some kids that were better than others, but all children need correction because they were born with foolishness being bound in their heart. Brother Marvin mentioned it this morning. The heart is deceitful above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? When you was born, you was born of a woman understanding that David said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. You were born with a foolish heart bound to do foolish things and you will and must have correction. 
And so it's not only important for a child to, to receive correction, but for the, the father or the parent here uh, to instruct, but to instruct in what? We understand Solomon says, for I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. What is doctrine? Doctrine is truth. And we understand that you don't know what truth is and I don't know what truth is apart from the word of God. So how are we to instruct and correct our children? Through the word of God. That is our guideline. Not what the school system says, hello, amen, that there. Not what the government says it ought to be, but what the Bible says. I want you to know something this morning. The school system doesn't know what's best for your children. Uh, the government doesn't know what's best for your children. A lot of people that's in these, uh, uh, in these associations and in these groups and in our government that are over these things concerning children, the majority of them don't even have children themselves. And so I want you to understand, this is for I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. I might, might be like Brother Blue. I may open that pulpit and scream amen about three times and throw it back in there and shut the lid. I might need them here in just a little bit. It says, for I was my father's son, tender, and only beloved in the sight of my mother. So I want you to understand this. He wasn't a popular fellow. He was beloved of his mother. Everybody's loved of their mother. You ever seen somebody says, that's a face only a mother could love. And you know, a mother's gonna love her child no matter what. You, you, you know, a little baby, love that little youngin' when nobody else will. And Solomon's saying here, I wasn't a popular individual. Even among his own brethren, they wanted to have the position that he was going to take as king. So even in his own household, he wasn't real popular. You do understand. He said, for I was my father's son, tender, and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Wasn't we all born tender? Wasn't we all born to, in, a, in, a, in a position where we had to learn? And, and you know, someone that's tender can be molded and pushed and shaped and, and formed into something, right? We talk about the potter and the clay. And we talk about the clay being malleable and you add water to it so you can push and form it. A child in the days of its youth is being formed. We understand that. It says, for I was my father's son tender, the only beloved in the sight of my mother, he taught me also... What's that mean? He taught me also. Well, we said, hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. There's a lot of mamas and daddies loving to give the instruction. But it was more than just giving instruction. We understand here that Solomon said, he taught me also. He said, I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. Why? Because it's the heart that's deceitful. It's foolishness that's bound in the heart of a child. And so he's saying here, he says, he taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. In other words, do not be hasty to forget what it is that I am telling you and warning you about. There's a lot of times children will grow up and the first thing they want to do is get out from the rule of their parents. They're not interested in cleaving unto a wife or a husband. They're interested in having freedom. And so we see here, it says, so get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of thy mouth, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Why? Because if foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, we want a foolish child to get some wisdom and some understanding. It'll come from instruction, it'll come from being taught, and it'll come from the Holy Scripture. Okay? 
So it says here, she, verse nine, she shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. So there's instruction that has to be given, but instruction that has to be received. And so I want you to understand, you say, well, when I'm trying to get ahead of myself this morning, you say, I just can't make them do what they don't want to do. There is a part of this that has to be received. I do understand that, but I do want to, to look a little further here. He says, uh, hear, oh my, uh, verse number 10, Hear, O oh my son, receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Verse 11, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. So what I want you to see is there's three key things that I find in these portions of scripture that are important. Understanding that the Bible says we are to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So here's what I want you to see. Concerning these verses of scripture, we see verse one, hear ye children the instruction. There is instruction. We understand here, verse number four, he taught me also. So he instructed and he taught Verse number 11 says, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee. So I want to deal with that this morning. There's more to raising children than instruction. You instruct, you teach, and you lead. Now here's what I, here's what I want you to understand. We do not judge ourselves by ourselves, right? We understand that oh, Aaron doesn't go and compare himself nose to nose with Brother Shane or with Brother Donnie and try to make a determination if oh, Aaron is living like he ought to be based upon how I compare to that of Donnie or to that of Brother Shane, right? We don't do that, okay? So we do not judge ourselves by ourselves. Uh, we, we judge ourselves what? By the book, right? Jesus Christ is that standard. We understand that. Second Corinthians 10 and 12 says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So to know where I stand, I don't compare myself to you. And for you to try to determine where you stand, you do not compare yourself to me. But we compare ourselves to the blessed book and to the word of God. And you'll find when you compare yourself to that standard, oh, how short we come. Oh, yes, see, I might be better off maybe than someone else, but I'm not as good as Christ. And when I stand beside Christ and I use him for the standard, I see all the things that is wrong with my life. Oh, how we love to judge ourselves by someone else's life. And a lot of times we find the lowliest of low that we can find to compare ourselves to to make ourselves feel the best that we can about ourselves. But I want you to understand something. We're to, we're to follow the, the, the book and to guide ourselves and to, to, to judge ourselves by the word of God and the Lord. Now, we are following Christ as his disciples, right? And I do want you to understand something. Only one man, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. So here's what I want you to see. If you were going to get in a straight line today and follow Christ, only one person stands behind Christ. There'll be somebody stand behind the person that stands behind Christ and so on and so forth. And so I do want you to understand something today. Christ is the standard, but people are looking at you and people are looking at me. 
and if Christ was out front and Brother Shane was behind Christ and I was going to follow that of Christ, then I would be following Brother Shane who is following Christ. I'm not looking at Christ, I'm looking at Shane. Now we do look at Christ through the eyes of Scripture, but we do need to understand that we being the body of Christ, people are looking at us. All right, and so we're followers of that of Christ. Here's what I want you to notice though. That being the case, we're not to compare ourselves by the one that's in front of us. But here's what I do want you to see. 1 Timothy 3, 4 and 5. Now, I know that we're not dealing with qualifications here of a bishop, but I want to make something uh, noted. I want to notice something. We do not judge ourselves by ourselves. We judge ourselves by the standard, which is Christ and the word of God. But you do know that 1 Timothy 3, 4 and 5 says, one that ruleth well his own house. So when we consider the qualification of a preacher, we have to go look at his household. Why? Because his household will tell us something about him. And what are we doing? I'm not going to judge myself by Brother Shane, but I am being judged by someone else. I'm being judged by how I raise my children. You see that the purpose in that is you would not want to call a pastor and find out later that that pastor was a counterfeit. Or that that pastor who was supposed to be leading you did not have the own, his own ability to lead his own family. For the Bible says here in verse 5 uh, that, that, that um, uh, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So you look at my children, you look at my wife, and you stop and you study and you make a determination before you call me as a pastor of what kind of family that I had. Why? Because the Bible here, this principle is that you can look at a man's family and tell a whole lot about the man. You can look at how children are. You say, well, you can't judge me by my children. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Oh, yeah, but we're to have instruction. We're to be instructing them. We're to be correcting them. We're to be pointing them in the right direction. What is that direction? The Bible says, for I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. And so you understand here that although we don't judge ourselves by someone else. We are judged by how our families are. And so you can look at a person's family and tell a whole lot about the person. You can look at a person's children and tell a whole lot about the person. And so here's what I want you to see. We are, however, judged by our children's behavior. You don't believe me? I can go into the grocery store and see a heathen ripping off stuff out of an end cap, kicking and throwing stuff, mama trying to get them to stop, and I'm sitting here cringing because I know just exactly what I'd do to get old Junior straightened out. And I believe if they'd give me about four minutes with old Junior, Junior would be picking that stuff out of the floor and putting it back on the end cap, and he'd stand there and act right. You understand what I'm saying? What's the problem? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But how you respond to the foolishness that's bound in the heart of a child determines what kind of a mama or daddy that you are. See, it's a guaranteed thing that every child that's born a woman is going to try you. It's going to do things that is wrong and contrary to this book. But it takes a father not only to instruct, but to teach. Then not only to teach, but to lead. You know what we're struggling with in homes today? We've got people willing to instruct and tell you how to do it, but we've got nobody leading by example. We, we can tell you how to do it. We can tell you what to do, but we won't do it. Boy, I'll tell you this right now. Let me, let me say this. It'd be a sad day for me to tell my children they ought to go to church with me not going myself. I was not called by God to send my children to church. I was called of God to take my children to church. I was not told by God to tell my children what to do only, but not only to teach them, but to lead them in the right way. 
Now, is it, you ever heard when you send your children or to play sports of any kind that the coach, you know, he's there to try to help instruct and he'll tell you, I'm just trying to push them on. I'm going to push them a little harder. I'm going to push them here and push them there. Finding ways to push them on to be better than what they are. You know what's wrong with a lot of homes today? We're pushing children to be things instead of leading them to be things. We're pushing children to do things instead of leading them in what they should do. We like to push and instruct and tell and coach and promote, but we don't lead. We don't pull. Now, here's, here's what I want you to notice. If the Lord uh, would help me, if I can find this verse of Scripture, I think it would be very important to you. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 18, you don't have to turn there. Just listen to me just a moment. It says, Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin as it were a cart rope. And so woe unto them that draw iniquity. What is iniquity? It's sin. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, right? Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I was born being a sinner. I was born with no one having to teach me how to sin. I had everything I needed to be the sinner that I was. But here's what I want you to understand. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity. What is it, what is it that Solomon says over in Ecclesiastes? It's vanity of vanity, saith the preacher. And so what's happening is we're drawing iniquity out of people, pulling iniquity out of them. We're dragging them in the ways of sin because of our own vanity. And it's linked to this. It says here, one of them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity. So, so here's the vanity is, is as if it's a rope. Now here's what I want you to see. We're not supposed to push our children in the direction of God. We're supposed to lead them. A leader stands out front. So if, if, it's, if it's this cord of vanity that's drawn out iniquity, it'd be all right for us to say that this righteousness, for I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law, we can pull children in the right direction with the word of God. Here's the problem. When you take a rope and you lay a rope down here in the middle of this floor, have you ever tried to push a rope? Now think about that for just a minute. Can you push a rope. Well, you might push it, but it'll be a wadded up, tangled up mess by the time you're done. But I tell you what you can do. When you're on the bottom end of the rope down here and you're pushing it and you're making a mess out of it, if you'll just stop what you're doing and leave it alone and you'll walk around that rope and get on the other end of it and take off walking out in front of it and lead and be out in front, the rope will do what the rope is supposed to do and it'll stay straight while doing it today, friend. You want a straight rope today? You want to pull your children in the right direction? You're going to have to get out in front of them, friend, and leave. There's more to it than just instructing. There's more to it than telling them what to do. There's more to it than telling them how to be. But you're going to have to lead and show by example. And so here's what I want you to take notice of if the Lord would help us here for just a little while. Said one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection. So when you judged me, uh, whether I was going to be the pastor of this church, you looked at my family. And you had to determine a little bit about me. And so one thing you was looking for was whether my children were in subjection with all gravity. What is subjection? Subjection is the act of subduing, the act of vanquishing and bringing under the dominion of another. The state of being under power, control, and government of another. How many children today are out of control? 
How many children today are the ones ruling the house? How many, and listen, they'll take the position if you'll give it to them, but the problem is it's not their position to have. We're supposed to train and shape and mold them because you know what? If they continue on in life, one day they'll have children of their own and they'll be in the position that you're in. Brother Marvin was teaching that way this morning in Psalms chapter number 78. And you need to understand some children have children that have children. And you want things to keep going in the right direction. We're going to have to quit pushing our children and start leading our children and pulling them along. Some people say you have a drug problem. But people have a drug problem today. There's some parents that drag their children to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We don't push them to church. We take them to church. Amen. We lead by example. For if a child don't see their mom and daddy going, what makes you think they're going to stay in there and go? All right, so here's what I want you to see here. Subjection, the act of subduing. The state of being under power, control, and government of another. Okay, subjection with what? With all gravity, what is gravity? Force. By which a body is drawn, not pushed. Drawn. When you draw something, Brother Gene, you don't push the water up the well, you draw it from the well. And so it's force, but it's force with a body which is drawn towards the center of the earth. Basically it's this, gravity is grounded. So what you were looking for and what you was judging me by was whether my children were in subjection to me by force. Was I leading them and drawing them so that they would, when they were looked at and studied upon where they found grounded. Now I'm not telling you I have the best children under the sun. But I'll say this, I'm doing my very best to keep them instructed and I'm doing my very best to keep them taught and to lead them through the things of God. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. That's my child too. My children have foolishness bound in their heart, but they're to have this thing taught out and worked out and led in the right direction. So gravity, force by which a body is drawn towards the center of the earth to be grounded. You were looking for my children to be grounded and to be, uh, have gravity and be under my subjection. Now force is to overpower by strength. My kids do what I tell them to and I drag them along because I'm stronger than they are. They have to yield and give to me because I draw them and pull them that way. You should do that. You should draw and pull. Now, a fool is one who acts contrary to sound wisdom. We're finding here in Proverbs chapter 4, it's all about wisdom, right? Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Fool, one who acts contrary to sound wisdom in his moral deportment. One who follows his own inclinations, who prefers trifling and temporary pleasures to the service of God. Sounds like a child to me. You ever seen a trifling child? They just want what they want. They don't know what's best for them. They just want what they want. We have to lead them and draw them. Now listen, you have a lot of people that have the attitude, well, I am bigger than them, and I can force them, and I want you to understand something, friend. You might say I'm bigger than they are, but then that is, that is young, immature parents. Somebody that says I can force my children to do whatever they want to do, I'm bigger than they are, and that's all they see, they're immature and they're missing the, the bigger point. Then you've got also a crowd of people today that says, well, I failed and, and they didn't turn out right and, and, and you just can't force kids to do anything. You know what that is? That's older, ignorant parents. What's happened here is, is we, uh, we have to compare ourselves to Christ. All right, so let's look at here. What is, a, what is a pastor? Now you're looking here in 1 Timothy and you're considering what a pastor is supposed to be and you judge that man by his children. So you can determine about a man 
by his children. It's a principle in the word of God. Look at his children, you can learn a lot about a man. That's why it's there as a qualification. Now here's what I want you to see though. A pastor is that of a shepherd, right? It's what the word means. Well, isn't it funny? Well, we look at the Lord and the Lord said, when my mother and my father forsake thee, I'll take thee up. You understand that the Lord also said that he'd be as a, a father to his children. So here's what I want you to see. Let's look at the Lord for an example this morning. We're not comparing ourselves by ourselves. I'm not comparing what kind of daddy I am to Brother Gene. I'm not comparing myself to what kind of daddy Brother Marvin is or, or Gary. I'm just, I'm just comparing myself to the Lord. So how do I do that? Well, if we understand here, Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's a shepherd? A shepherd is a man tending, feeding, or guarding sheep. Psalms 23, 2 says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Now, that doesn't mean force. That means he maketh a way for the green pastures to be available to the sheep. A sheep likes green pasture. A sheep doesn't like a barren land. Sheep go to graze. They graze, they get their belly full, and then they lay down in the shade. And so here's what I want you to see. We as parents sometimes, we're looking to make our children lie down in green pastures. We're wanting our children to have the best. Wanting our children to, to enjoy life and get all they can out of life and have things that are pleasing. You know, a full belly makes a big difference in someone. And uh, if you don't believe me, get hungry for just a little while. You don't even thinking about nothing else but getting something in your stomach. But you get something in your stomach, you feel better, right? And so it says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, but I like this. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Psalms 23 says, he restoreth my soul. Now notice this. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you know why we're training our children? We're doing more than instructing them. We're doing more than teaching them, but we're leading them. Because we're doing it for his name's sake. Understanding that people see the church. All right, so the force isn't from pushing. The force is from leading. So you're supposed to be out front. But a lot of times when you're, when you're behind and you're pushing, you're in the rear. When you're, when you're pulling, you're out front leading, people see you. A lot of mamas and daddies are hiding behind their children. You're not supposed to see the children, you're supposed to see the parent. And when you look at the children, you're seeing the mama and the daddy every time. Do you blame the child that needs the, the needs his little honey spanked down at Walmart for tearing everything all over the tearing everything off the counters? No. No, I tell you what I do, I feel sorry for the little feller. I know what the little feller needs to be corrected. But it really, you, you could correct that child, but if mom and daddy don't change the path that they take, the child's only going to get help temporarily. The problem's with mom and dad. And so what I'm, what I'm saying is here, he says, he restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Aren't you glad that the Lord is your shepherd? Aren't you glad that the Lord makes you lie down in green pastures? Aren't you glad the Lord makes, has provision and provided you with all these things? Oh, it was looking in Psalm 78 about the provisions of the Lord. The Lord has been good to us. The Lord has been gracious to us. But the importance that Psalm 78, Brother Martin was in this morning, was to make sure that the children and the children's children did not forget the goodness of the Lord and what God had done. And so we understand here uh, that uh, a pastor is a shepherd. And a pastor who isn't leading, notice this now, won't be trusted. If I wouldn't lead the church, would you trust me? 
If I was always pushing on you to do something, but I wouldn't get out in front and lead and do what I was trying to get you to do, would you trust me? No. So here's what I want you to see. Out front, you pull. From behind, you push. Mamas and daddies aren't supposed to be in the background. They're supposed to be out front leading the way. And so they're seen. They're seen by others, but they're seen by the children. All right? So a pastor isn't leading, won't be trusted. And one who isn't trusted will not be followed. If you did not trust me, or I breached your trust at this church, would you follow me? No, you wouldn't follow me. Let me, let me explain to you something that you may not realize this morning. Children, they don't always know what's best for them, but they know when you're genuine. They know when you love them, and they know when you're invested and when you care and when, you, when they can trust you. And a child that cannot trust a mother or a father will not follow them. All right, so a pastor who isn't leading won't be trusted. One who isn't trusted won't be followed. You can care for someone and not trust them. I could breach your trust and I dare say you would love me. I may not keep my position here, but you would pray for me. And you would love me in the Lord and you would pray for my wife and my children who you've grown to care for and you would, you would hate it for them. And there would be a time of prayer and consideration on our behalf. You could love me but not trust me. But if you cannot trust me, you will not follow me. All right, and so do you trust the Lord this morning? Oh, I trust him. You know why? Because he's taught me that I can trust him. See, I've gone through some things. We've been talking about that, that, uh, that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, and experience hope. He's taught me that I can trust him. Brother Marvin mentioned this morning in Sunday school about a couple years ago how he, would, he could say something and mean it, but now it has more meaning to it than maybe it did a couple years ago. Why? The Lord's showing us and teaching us that we can trust him. We go through personal experiences where we learn that we can trust him. Do you know what? When you're training children, a lot of water goes under the bridge. And children learn that they can trust you through things. All right? And so uh, there are some things that I have to go through that I'd rather not go through. There's some instances in life raising children where you'll have to deal with some things you wish you didn't. But I'll say this, friend. You better make sure that you're trustworthy. I still trust him and I still love him, Brother Shane, in spite of the fact that I've had troubles and trials. In my troubles and trials did not turn me from the Lord. My troubles and trials turned me towards the Lord. And troubles and trials and tribulation in your family and in your home life, if you'll lead and stay out front and allow people to be able to trust you, friend, you could come out on the other side of this thing better off than when you started. So our Lord is an example to us. And a shepherd is a, is a man tending or feeding or guarding. I want you to notice that. A shepherd is a man that tends, feeds, and guards. So to tend, now this is a biggie right here. Tend is to accompany as an assistant or protector. Now in order to protect, Brother Jim, you're going to have to be there. Now I want you to notice something here. We're looking at trustworthiness and we're looking at a man judging, uh, being judged by his family. Understanding you can tell a lot about a man by how his family acts. 
Then I want you to understand here, considering the Lord as our example, and considering this example of a pastor, we consider a shepherd, a man that's tending or feeding or guarding. To tend is to accompany as an assistant or protector. In order for the Lord to protect me, he's going to have to be where I'm at. In order for, for David, who was a shepherd, to have taken care of Jesse's sheep, he was going to have to be where the sheep were at. The lion and the bear that took off with the sheep, you understand, had to fight David. Why? Because David was there for the sheep. There's a lot of children today, friend, that don't have mama and daddy uh, there tending to them. All right, Proverbs 20 and 7 says, The just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. Do you know why children are blessed? After their fathers, when their fathers walk in integrity. Don't expect, friend, the apple to fall far from the tree. It's, 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 it's a guaranteed thing, friend, that when you are the one that shines. Listen, we lead in good ways and bad ways. You either lead in, uh, in, in good doctrine and forsake not the law of the Lord, or you're teaching and drawing your kids in the wrong direction. It doesn't matter. Listen, I can only do what the Lord will let me do in three hours a week. All right, but what I am saying is mamas and daddies are supposed to have their children all the time. But there's a lot of mamas and daddies that are not tending to their children. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Notice the blessings come after the father does the walking. I want you to notice that. He's out front leading. When he leads in integrity, then the children are blessed. Proverbs 20 and 11 says, Even a child is known by his doings. Whether his work be pure and whether it be right. You kids listen to me this morning. You're known by how you act. You are seen for what you do. And how you act and how you walk and how you talk and how you live your life out of this church in this lost and dying world. You're known by your actions. And whether it be right. Listen here, the hearing ear and the seeing eye the Lord hath made even both of them. Is it not interesting that verse 12 talks about the ear and the eye right after we find out that even a child is known by his doings? Think about this. He didn't give ears to your children to listen to trash. He didn't give, uh, 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 he didn't give your ears to your children to hear anything, friend, but what thus saith the Lord God. He, he didn't give your children eyes to look at trash but to see the beauty and the wonder of God's hands and to watch their mother and their father lead them in the right way. They're not to be instructed only, but to be shown. See, hearing you hear instruction, but seeing you witness what happens. He didn't just give our children ears to hear our instruction, but eyes to see how we live by the instruction in which we give. Now we'll say this, we better be careful what our children are listening to what our children are seeing. And when you're not tending to them, you don't know what's filling their mind, but something is filling their mind. Ephesians 5, 12, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Why? Why? Why is it a shame for us not to tell about things that are done in secret? Because it fills the mind with trash that ought not be there. 
It puts things in the forefront of people's mind. Listen, when your children are sitting around the dinner table and you're talking about all the rotten, dirty things you did as a teenager and you're laughing about it and telling all these jokes and talking about this and talking about that and the good time you had with the good old boys and the old girl you was running around with that you shouldn't have been running around with by yourself, your children are listening to that stuff. Then they want to go out and try it for themselves. I know what I'm talking about because I listened to a lot of things growing up that I should not have listened to. That should not have been said in my hearing. But because I heard it and because there were some things that, that they... Listen, kids look up to adults whether you like it or not. Whether they be good adults or bad adults. They're looking to form and shape themselves into something. And when you are letting things come out of your mouth that they see you as a woman or as a man. They don't feel like they're a woman or a man though they've done the very things that you've done. There's a lot of things you've probably done you shouldn't have done. And you don't want your children doing it, so let me say this, if I can put it kindly, shut up. Hush about it. It is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. We like to get off to the side and talk about what used to happen, what we used to do, and cut up and laugh about it. Be quiet about it, friend. I don't want my children listening to it come out of my mouth, and I don't want them listening to it coming out of yours. And any other child that's in the sound of my voice, I don't want them listening to it. So we got to tend to them. We got to be present in their life. We got to we got to take action in their life. But what happens is we're all too ready, brother Gene. Kick them out the door and let them go on, do what they're going to do and try to get away from them. Mamas and daddies spend less time with their children today than they ever have before. And the times that they're under the same household, under the same roof, they're so separated and, and into whatever they're doing, they're not paying attention to what their children are doing. Listen, Hollywood's raising children today and, and the internet and the World Wide Web is raising our children today, friends. Because we got things we'd rather be doing than investing in our children. Because we'd rather instruct them than lead them today, friend. Listen to me. Proverbs 20 and 13 says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. So even a child is known by his doings. We talk about verse 12, the hearing and the seeing. Now in verse 13 it says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty, open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. In other words, labor isn't in vain, but if you lay down in bed all day with your eyes shut, there won't be any bread to eat. And so this is, this is contextual to children and what they see. This is contextual to a child being known by their doings. So we're talking about labor in, in verse number 20. And I want you to notice a lot happened between getting up and eating the bread. You won't eat bread unless you get up. But by the time you get up and the time you eat your bread, there's a lot of things that has to happen before the bread is available today, friend. Now you do understand this, that if you wake up, or if you don't wake up, there'll be no bread, but when you wake up, there's some things that has to be done. That you have to go out there and you have to deal with the wheat, right? Then in order to make the bread, you have to have a recipe. I can always tell when my wife's excited about her loaf of bread because she's having a giddy fit in there because the bread rose that high of the pan and it's light and airy and it's fluffy. And she's happy about it. And when it's hard and short and heavy, it goes in the trash can and she's not too happy about it. Why? What happens? There's a recipe that has to be followed, right? 
You have to follow a recipe to get a desired result. You will not get the desired result if you do not follow the recipe. So if you want bread, you'll have to follow the recipe. And if you deviate, then it's going to be bad tasting bread, right? All right, it won't rise like you want it to. And you understand it will be heavy. Now we're dealing with bread here. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. What happens to bread that you don't follow the recipe? It doesn't taste good and it's heavy as a rock. What are we trying to do? We're trying to get children to be raised right. We're trying for children not to be a heaviness to their mama and daddy. Proverbs 10 and 1 says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is a heaviness to his mother. If you deviate from the recipe, friend, your children will not grow up right. They will not be raised right. They will not come up, but there'll be a heaviness to you later on in years. In other words, you cannot leave a child to himself. Proverbs 29, 15 says, The rod of reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So I raised my children right. I raised my children. How much time did you spend with them? And when you was spending time with them, how much of that time were you leading them? You cannot leave a child to themselves. Listen, I know we don't have time for all this, but you just sit down and start figuring the hours that your children are occupied in some capacity that does not involve you. Listen, a school year is roughly nine months. I want you to understand something. There's over 15 or 1,600 hours of that time invested just in them being at school. That's not the transportation to and from. That doesn't account for the eight hours that they sleep at night. Boy, you start seeing that the hours start getting eat up pretty quick, friend. And you realize that you don't spend as much time with your children as you think you do. But, oh, they're somewhere. They're listening to the snot-nosed kids that's talking about the bad things their mama and daddy's taught them. And all their friends at school and all the trash that's being said at school. Not to mention the trash that they're teaching kids at school today. How much time do they spend in front of the TV? Listening to Hollywood. Talking to the, talking all kinds of trash. Now listen, we just learned that there's some things that's happened in secret that it's not right for us to talk about. Oh, but there's some things that come through Hollywood, friend, that we wouldn't allow in our house, but we'll allow it come through on that screen. We'll allow our children to sit and soak up the, the, the Hollywood and watch all of the trash and transgender and all these things, friend, that make us blush or should make us blush when we consider them. Just soaking in. Soaking in. If you don't think Hollywood has an agenda for your children, you're crazy. This government understands the importance of winning over a generation today. They're not as interested in winning me and Brother Gene over as they are my children. Because my children are the future today, friend. So TV, Xbox, PlayStation. Listen, cell phones with internet access. I've never seen children with so much freedom. They do not need freedom, friend. They need to be drawn by force to be pulled in the right direction because naturally they will go in the wrong way. But there's parents today looking for a place to unload their kids. They'll unload them on anybody, anytime, any place, anywhere. Shy preacher, you're meddling. Listen, friend, if you only could understand what's on that TV. And you would if you get in the Bible and start comparing Scripture to what's coming in on that TV. 
I'll say this, the, the time that they'll put their kids on some stupid game and let them play some stupid game for hours on end. That's right, it's a stupid game. You say, preacher, you're meddling. That ain't none of your business. Listen, I've got a brother. And I'll probably, there'll probably be some backlash over this, but I don't care right now I'm preaching. I got a brother that grew up, my youngest brother grew up, lived his whole life on an Xbox. His whole life. And he had connection on the world wide web to people all across the world. And he sat on an Xbox and he played and talked to people that you and I didn't know nothing about. My mama didn't know nothing about him. His daddy didn't know who he was talking to. They weren't the one having the conversation. It was, it was just awful who, he, who all he had access to. And, and only God knows really what all he had access to. But my brother's married today to a woman from the Philippines that he met playing on Xbox 360 on the World Wide Web. She is pro-abortion. She's pro-trans. Uh, she's pro-everything, friend, that goes against that book right there. He knows better. But he married her anyway. Why? Because he was left to his own devices. That's just one example today, friend. A child, oh, he's just playing a game. Well, he's married today, unequally yoked to a woman who's against God's word. And if he has children today, wonder how much his mom and daddy will be responsible for the children that he had with a woman that he'd have never met if they'd have been doing what they're supposed to do. You may get a letter in the mail. People are looking to shove their kids off in some other area and, and on somebody else. Say, so preacher, my kids are my kids and my grandkids are my grandkids and I'll do what I want to, when I want to, and how I want to. Well, I got news for you this morning. The Bible says in Psalms 127:1, I accept the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. You know what a heritage is? It's something inherited. You know what you inherit? What comes from someone else. You know why you got children today? Because God gave them to you. They're not yours. Oh, let that sink in. I hope that has the effect on you, add on me when I reread that verse of scripture. Them two girls sit back there on that back pew. They are not mine. They are God's. He gave them to me and entrusted them to me. That I would raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That they might bring glory and honor to him. Because those eyes that they have to see should see godly things. And those ears that they have to hear should hear godly things. And those hands that he give them, he give them to them for praise and worship. Those knees that he gave to them were to get on their hands and knees and thank the God of heaven that saved their soul from a wretched hell and extended mercy and grace, friend, that they might be with him someday. But what are we doing? We're offering our kids as a sacrifice to the devil. Except the Lord built the house, they labor in vain to build it. We love that scripture and we use it all the time when we're considering that everything we do, we need the Lord's help and hand in it. But contextually, we're talking about, we're talking about a home. 
Right contextually, we're talking about the Lord and his relationship to our home. And the Bible says, except the Lord of the house, they labor in vain that build it. I've got to have the help of the Lord. I can't do it on my own. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. You know what a watchman is? A watchman is a guard. We're talking about a shepherd here. The shepherd is our example. A shepherd is what? A man that tends to the sheep, feeds the sheep, and guards the sheep. Well, the Bible says here, the watchman waketh but in vain, if it not be for the Lord. A watchman is a guard. We're to guard our family, friend. And I don't know what you're guarding them from, but unless you're guarding them with the help of the Lord, friend, you're failing today. He said, it is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. What would keep a mom and daddy awake at night? Oh, their children. How many sleepless nights have you had worried about your children? How many nights have you laid in bed unable to sleep worried about the one that your child was going to grow up and marry? Or, or, or if your child was going to stay in church and if you were going to have grandchildren that were going to get saved because they were under sound doctrine and preaching. Oh, only the Lord can give you peace. But I know this, if I do my part, if I do my part, I can trust him to do his part. Oh, yes. You know why? Let me, let me say this, Brother Isaac. I wouldn't embarrass you to save my soul, Brother. But, but I'll say this. Brother Isaac's here because he wants to be. Brother Isaac's here because there was some times probably when he didn't want to be that old Marvin brought him anyway. Oh, Marvin and Sister Tammy dragged him down here anyway. And today he's here because he wants to be, but he wants to be because there were some times probably when he didn't want to be that he was brought anyway today, friend. What are you saying? I'm saying it still takes the Lord to help us. I can't make my children. You say, oh, preacher, I can't make my kids do anything. Are you out in front, friend? Are you leading them? Are they seeing you for an example? You'll do your part, he'll do his. He said, Lo, children are inheritance of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of thy youth. I never really paid much attention to this, but do you know what an arrow does, Brother Shane? See, we talk about the bow, and we talk about the arrow, and we talk about the quiver. But the arrow, not only does it have a bullseye to hit, but an arrow defends. Now, I want you to think about this because it never gives us a whole lot of consideration. Arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of thy youth. Now, listen, I could give all of us a gun in here today, and I could fill it full of ammunition. Some of us would shoot better than others because some of us aren't practiced, and some of us don't know maybe how to handle that weapon the way others do. I'll say this, just because you've got a quiver, and just because you've got an arrow, and just because you've got a bow, don't mean you can shoot that thing right. You're going to have to have the Lord to help you. But you're going to have to look for the instruction and the help of the Lord. But it says, happy is the man that has his quiver um, full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies at the gate. Come to find out, these children that were led right and shot right in the right direction ended up being the very thing that defended mama and daddy down at the gate. Oh, don't be surprised when you're 80 or 90 years old, friend, and your children don't want to have nothing to do with you because you left them wander and squander out in the world and never learned to care anything about you because you didn't lead them and you didn't show them and you didn't take them in the right direction. I'll tell you this, brother, I don't want to be 85 or 90 years old and my kids be estranged from me. 
And I'm not trying to brag on Miss Pam or uplift her at all. But she's sitting down there with her mother right now. Trying to help her. And it's, it's wearing on her. But do you know why she's doing it? Because of that book. Because the Lord and the, and the, the calling that the Lord's got on her life. What are, we, what, are we, what are we doing today, friend? Think about this, please. Give me just a moment of your time. How messed up are we today, friend, in our thinking? Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. Are you happy? Hey, there's a lot of people had a quiver full of them, friend, and they're miserable today. You know why? Because they weren't leading them in the right direction. You say, well, I failed. I messed up. Well, then get out in front, friend, and start showing them once again how to go. You can't help what happened yesterday, friend. But quit living in the past and get up and go on for the glory and honor of God. And lead. Lead while you've still got breath and while you've still got a chance. You say, I can't do it except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. I got news for you. You never could do it, friend. I'm not able and you're not able. Oh, but he is today, friend. And all he wants us to do is to quit pushing our children in the direction and start leading them in the right direction today, friend. I got news for you today. You say, they're my kids, I'll do what I want to. They don't belong to you. I wish you could understand they do not belong to you. They certainly do not belong to the government. They're yours to love, yours to train, yours to protect, but they're his. And you do not get to keep them. For this cause does a man leave his father and mother. That he might cleave unto his wife. My kids back there. I love them and they're mine and they're, they're with me. But there comes a day, Brother Gene, where they leave my household. And I will not be the one that's leading them anymore. But they'll, if they'll follow the Lord, they'll marry men that will have to lead them. And I'll have to step out of my position as a leader and I'll have to let some other man come alongside my daughters and lead them. And I hope and pray to God that I've led my children in the right direction and led them in a manner that they can find a man that will lead them on for the glory and for the honor of God. And so that when I have my children's children around that they'll be led in the right way. You realize today that I don't even have grandkids yet, but what I'm doing today is already affecting the outcome of my grandchildren. Oh yeah, if you can think about that and sober you up just a little bit. What you're doing today has an effect on tomorrow. They don't belong to you, friend. It says verse number 21 of Proverbs chapter 4, and I'll be done. Brother Marvin, if you don't care, come making your way up to the front and get us a song of invitation. Proverbs chapter number 4, verse number 21 says, Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know what's wrong with this world we live in? Our heart. We want our children to have the right kind of heart. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You know what we're going to have to do if we're going to get their heart straightened out? We're we'll going to have to get our heart right. Now, I don't know, I don't know what you do with that this morning, but I'll tell you this, friend, our children have, a, we, we got a lot at stake this morning. We got a generation today, friend, of kids that are growing up in homes that are failing. We got a lot of grown-ups today 
that could benefit from seeing their mamas and daddies still go in the right direction. I heard a man one time say to me, my kids, I got them raised, and now I'm done. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're still a leader. You're still an example. See, that's the thing. It's more than instruction. There'll be a day, Brother Marvin, when I can't tell Lydia and Olivia what to do. Grasp this now. Hang on to me just a minute. Don't, don't lose me. There's a day when Lydia and Olivia will not be the ones that listen. They don't, they don't listen to me tell them what to do. They'll be married. They'll have a husband. Boy, but I can still be a leader. I can still stand out in front and they can see and watch how they're supposed to act. Oh, I can't make them do anything. My instruction won't bear the weight it did when they were my children at home under, the, under my roof. But if I do more than instruct, and, I, and my days of being the teacher are over with, I can still get out front and lead. I want to be out there in the front so that my children and their, their husbands and their children and their children's children are all going in the right direction. Quit instructing today, friend. Quit telling people how to do it. Quit pushing them. Show them. Lead them. Brother Shane, I'm not a, I, I don't do what you do for a living. As a matter of fact, I got a little problem with a dishwasher me and Shane's going to discuss after church. And the reason we're going to discuss it is because I don't know what to do. I've looked at the instructions, but I don't think I fully understand it. But you know what? I need somebody to show me. And I guarantee you that when he gets done showing me, the next time I run into this problem, I'll be able to fix it. Oh, we like to instruct and we like to tell, but sometimes they need to see. Sometimes we need to show them by example. And if you'll lead by example, friend, I assure you, you can, with the help of God, wind up at the end of this thing with children that are moving in the right direction. Listen, it may not happen overnight. It may not happen overnight. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain and build it. He giveth sleep to those that worry at night about their children because there isn't anything you can do about it. We're having to trust in Him. But what we can do is what we're supposed to do. And essentially, if I'll just do what I'm supposed to do, and I'll do what God expects me to do, friend. He can and will handle the rest. Quit worrying about what you can't fix. Hey, you're not doing yourself any good worrying about what you cannot fix this morning. But start concerning yourself with what you can fix and trust the Lord for the rest. Let's all stand to our feet.